You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I'm Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon. Shay, uh, we were together last week for the podcast and in town for camp, and it was the real sign that LSU recruiting is heating up. The camps last week were great, uh, including the seven-on-seven and offensive line, defensive line camp on Saturday. Lots of news to get to as recruiting heats up for the Tigers, but we're almost halfway through, through June, and this is really when things are starting to pick up, and sure enough, they are. Yeah, in a big way. I mean, we've talked about camp season. Every year camp season is so important because it really reshuffles your board and you've got to feel for guys you've offered, guys you might offer, but not until you get past the spring evaluation period and you get those guys onto campus and you can run them through testing, through you know combine type drills, you get all their actual measurements. And then maybe most importantly, Billy, the coaches get to work them out on, you know, not watching a game, not watching a high school practice, not watching a camp seven-on-seven footage. They are the ones out there coaching them. That really lets them lean into kind of how good a prospect is, what his upside is. We've seen a wave of new offers go out uh, and really starting to get a good feel for Louisiana, not just this year, but in the years to come. It's looking really, really strong. So Camp season, so and it's not over. Billy, you'll be back here uh, again this weekend. We have Friday Night Lights, then the final skills camp on the 17th. So it continues to roll along. Two visit weekends coming up that are going to ultimately uh, bring double-digit guys to campus for official visits. This is about as busy of a time. This is the busiest time of year on the recruiting calendar, and I don't think it's close right now. Yeah, 100%. I mean, during the season when you get official visitors in, you know, you're covering the team. There's really not much going on during the week on recruiting, you know, outside of just catching up with prospects and the occasional official visit weekend. You get December, but again, coaches are kind of, you know, locked in on that and they're in between the regular season and bowl. Uh, They're not hosting camps uh, by any means. They might be out on the road, but this is that time of year. This is that sprint, uh, June 1st-ish to – Uh, I guess the beginning of the dead period, which is, I think, June 27th uh, this year. This is a time when LSU is setting their board and we're seeing things that are fluid. But one thing that isn't fluid, and we're going to jump right in, because if you're listening to this, you might be listening after he's already made his decision. And that's four-star defensive back Joel Rogers, who's going to announce his commitment Monday night, 5.30 p.m. Central at his high school, West Feliciana, uh, up there in... um, St. Francisville, you're going to be on hand for that one. This is uh, one we talked about last week. We're not going to spend too much time on it, but all things are looking like LSU here. Yeah, look, we've talked about the safety spot. I remember when I did my Mach 1.0 class prediction back in March, Billy, at the time, Deshaun McBride and Joel Rogers had not even been offered by LSU. Uh, Now, Joel Rogers about to commit. He's been offered, obviously, but Bama, 
A&M, a ton of schools came in uh, Oklahoma and offered him over the past few months. He's risen up in a big way on three, bumped him all the way to a top 200 prospect. Uh, we're the highest on him than anyone else in the industry as the number 17 safety in the country. And maybe the, the ranking I like the most, the number four recruit in Louisiana. And we've talked about how important it is to lock up the best players in Louisiana. We feel like Joel Rogers is a top five player in the state. Now they'd be able to get a guy like Deshaun McBride out of Denham Springs on board at safety. You already had Maurice Williams, a top 20 safety out of Texas, a border state for you, be the first safety to get in. Now you're looking at adding Joel Rogers. By the time most people are listening to this podcast, Joel Rogers will have made his announcement. We fully expect it to be LSU. So uh, we'll speak on him almost like he's an LSU commit because that's where we feel he will be. I was at LSU camp this past weekend. I ran into Hudson Fuller and, for those that don't know Hudson, he coached briefly at LSU uh, for a bit. Then he jumped in the high school ranks, uh, but most recently head coach at West Feliciana for a couple of years, few years, which is where he was able to coach Joel Rogers uh, from the start of his high school career up to now. Uh, and again, gosh, in that time, what they made the semifinals last year, Hudson uh, was one of the, was, was the district 6-4-A coach of the year, uh, but got to spend a lot of time around Joel. And he said, look, this is a guy, now, obviously, he's at Catholic High as head coach, but said Rogers, phenomenal athlete, starts for them at quarterback, plays for them at DB, great kid off the field, great kid in the classroom, and said when you talk about what Brian Kelly's looking for right now, Billy, in the total package, Joel Rogers fits that. So this would be and is going to be a huge addition for them. I, I He's one of my favorite players in Louisiana this cycle just because what he's already done on both sides of the ball, we talked about. This in the last podcast, yes, he plays high school quarterback, but he already plays DB in high school at a high level too. So the transition won't be tough for him to play DB uh, at the college level, whether that's safety. A lot of safeties can slide down and play nickel. He's versatile enough to do either. So the beginning of what should be a big, big week for LSU as we kind of uh, start to see some dominoes really drop for him. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm with you. I'm very high on Joel Rogers and his upside that he brings to the safety room. And like we've talked about on this podcast before, LSU looks for players that have different body types in the secondary that can do different things, that can be versatile. Joel Rogers could play some nickel even. He could play free safety. That's where I think he slots in best um, for LSU. And um, look, we'll talk more about him once his decision is uh, on the books uh, and we expect it to be LSU. So big uh, time to be on the site. Monday night uh, at 5.30 as he makes his decision. Also a reason to subscribe for just a dollar to get on board for three months. That gets you through the rest of the summer into fall camp, I think a little bit into the season. Um, or you could subscribe for 50 bucks for the year and get your Bengal Tiger Founders Club hat. We had a bunch of people get hooked up with them over the weekend. So a big time to be on the site right now. So don't miss out on that deal that we're running right now. LSU also uh, maybe kicked over one of those dominoes you're talking about, Shay, uh, by offering 2024 Terrebonne wide receiver Kylan Bilio after camp on Saturday. He was at camp on Wednesday where he was one of the top performers, the top wide receiver there um, as far as performers go. And then he was back with his team on Saturday and he was dominant once again as Terrebonne went to the finals of the seven on seven tournament. They fell to Lafayette Christian in the championship game, but Kylan Bilio put him on his back, really, and LSU was given no choice. You know, a prospect that even what Kylan told me on Wednesday, 
Uh, he said, look, LSU wants to see me be elite more often than maybe be average. And for a guy that's raw, for a guy that's continuing to develop as a receiver, he came back on Saturday and he was elite. He fit the bill, and uh, that Terrebonne team made it all the way to the the state, or excuse me, the championship game, the seven on seven uh, LSU competition. Lost to LCA, but we watched the game. He was he carried them. Uh, Billio did uh, in terms of what the Terrebonne team was able to do. Double coverage all the time. Still was getting open. I was most impressed by just a. He's a big like a jumbo receiver. He's a nice outside receiver. He also catches everything with his hands. Nothing gets to his body. Strong at the point of attack. I really feel like he could be a jump ball guy in a lot of ways. And he ran a 4.57. I think it was something in that range. Again, a lot of these guys aren't coached up in the 40. He could probably get a little bit faster than that. But regardless, just a really good football player. And we preach it all the time. Louisiana has skill guys that – over time, they can develop and pan out into really good players, ultimately end up in the NFL at a very high hit rate. I'm with you that this was a no-brainer because I'm looking around the state and Kobe Young is the only player from Louisiana receiver that had an LSU offer before Kylan Bilio got his. We've seen a bunch of teams offer Kobe Young, but then things have kind of cooled in terms of who's really pushing for him. He was at Georgia Tech this past weekend. He hasn't camped at LSU, which LSU really wanted to see him at camp. We'll see if he swings by, but Matt Mayfield at Bo Shin, who's committed to Mississippi State, he didn't camp. Michael Turner at John Curtis was a guy we were looking at. He camped but didn't get an offer. Ultimately, it was Bilio, who looked by far the best of all the guys who came through. As you said, it almost leaves them no choice. When you come and you shine in front of the staff, and he did it much like Ashton Stamps a year ago, who signed on out of Rumble with LSU as a DB, Ashton came to like four camps in June before he finally got that offer. Billio came twice in one week, came back again for the seven on seven, worked out again, earned the offer, basically said, hey, let me go home and talk this, tell my mom, let everybody know, and then I'll set things up. Sounds like Tuesday will be a decision day for him, fully expected to be LSU, and that would be another Louisiana domino that drops. And for us, answer is a big question. When would that next Louisiana receiver emerge? And now we've got the answer. It's Kylan Bilio out of Homa. You know, I, I think we go back to last summer when Kylan camped at LSU and he worked out privately afterwards for Cortez Hankton. And, you know, Marion Miller was right there beside him uh, working out, seeing, you know, you know, kind of under the new staff where his uh, recruitment might go. And, you know, Kylan was honestly the more impressive player that that uh, that day. And um, he put himself squarely on LSU's radar. Uh, he went on to have a, a good junior season, another step in the right direction for him. Remember, he's a basketball player, too. He's kind of raw. Uh, if you're asking me for a comp and somebody asked me on the board and it took me a while to really come up with this, but maybe like a shorter Brian Thomas. And I know I think a lot a lot of people, including you, kind of went down a a rabbit hole of sorts of trying to figure out who the comp is for Kylan Bilio, but just the way, you know, you got the two sport uh, aspect with basketball and football. Um, Kylan's a little shorter than, than Brian Thomas jr. Um, didn't have the, the production that Brian did as a junior, but you see the upside there. And I think when you, when LSU was looking for a receiver in Louisiana, I think the thing that you go back to is that upside because so many times the guys that work out when they come out of Louisiana 
are the ones that are maybe slept on a little bit, but you go back and you look at the guys that pan out and it's upside. It's not the finished products. You know, you've seen a Jare Jenkins, a DJ Chark, um, Kylan Bilio could be that next type of player. The ones that haven't panned out in the past have maybe been finished products with maybe a little bit of a higher floor or a floor that's kind of already set for them. Kylan Bilio has the potential, I think, to really make LSU look smart in terms of this offer. And when you look at their board, they have some bigger body receivers, but we saw Bryant Wesco come off. They're after Cam Coleman. But the players that you could argue they look the best for are maybe some of the guys like a Draylon Miller, a Jelani Watkins, players like that who don't necessarily have the size that Kylan Bilio does. So I, I think this is a really smart offer for LSU. And look, I mean, he was um, – not not coy about it uh, when talking about it Wednesday. What an offer would mean about uh, mean from LSU, and that was he's going to jump on it. So we expect LSU to get some good news here at some point. And there's been some uh, rumors going on that it, it could very well be Tuesday. Yeah, and look, we I put out my uh, mock 2.0 class prediction piece, and wide receiver is one that I struggle predicting how they could finish. Not that they don't have options; it's just that it could go in a lot of different directions. And I put, I have Kylan Bilio on there as the only at right now, uh, Louisiana wide receiver I'm projecting into the class. We'll see what happens with Kobe Young, but DJ Chark was this way. Russell Gage was this way. These were guys who three stars, maybe charking it up as a four star in some spots, but maybe they weren't as refined as a lot of other receivers coming out, but they got to LSU. They developed them. They became eventual starters and now they start in the NFL. And LSU looked very smart not letting them leave the state. I love jumping on this offer right now. Almost reminds me of like how a guy, let me try to give a good example, like Duntavian Wicks out of Plaquemine was a two-sport star. He kind of emerged as a football player later in his high school career at Plaquemine. Well, LSU doesn't offer him. He goes to Virginia, tears it up, gets drafted. You look back at, on it now and you say, well, LSU probably should have taken him coming out of high school. That's how I feel about Kylan Bilio. Love the offer. Love his competitive nature coming in and competing nonstop to try to get the offer. These are the kind of guys you want in the boat. And as I mentioned, wide receivers, tough to pin down. They hosted Jeremiah McClellan out of Missouri, one of Missouri's best players. He's at kind of LSU, Ohio State. Uh, they've got a kid coming from Tampa in Bradell Richardson uh, coming out of your high school, Billy, um, who is really looking at a number of different schools. He'll make an OV uh, this month, they've got Draylon Miller, who's going to ultimately decide, I think, between LSU and Texas A&M. We'll talk about him a little bit more in the pod. But there's so many guys out there, Jelani Watkins in Texas, that you could point to and say, OK, they've got a shot with them. But you want to be able to lock guys in. So offering Bilio now, getting him locked in, let's say this week, for me, makes all the sense in the world. I love that they're not waiting around here and trying to look at a senior year eval, and then go from there, get him in the boat and be done with it. Yeah, so we'll be continuing to track Kyle and Billy. Oh, by the way, great, great kid, great young man. Um, just super excited. You could tell the offer meant a lot to him. So um, kudos to him for the work he put in uh, to get to this point um, because he was here a year ago and and uh, else you wanted to see more. They did. They offered. Now it probably means good news for the Tigers and for Billy o and his family. So that was big news on Saturday. They came down at the end of camp. LSU set themselves up well for another top prospect, though. This one outside the state of Louisiana, 
And that was last Wednesday when they hosted top 100 defensive back Andre Evans out of the Nashville area. We talked about him last week on the podcast, but there's been developments since then, Shay. He set a decision date, and LSU is going to get him back on campus for an official visit this weekend. And I think this is interesting because last summer, and another out-of-state prospect, Jermaine Matthews, the uh, one of the top defensive backs, ended up being um, a five-star on on three, who ends up at Ohio State and stays in state um, to go there. But he had a similar camp showing uh, at LSU. And one of the things you kind of want as a, uh, a person who covers the team is you want to cover, obviously, really good players. And uh, that's kind of what it comes down to when I look at it. Very good players, very good people um, like a Kylan Bilio. You know, you just root for certain kids. And Andre Evans, when we talked with him, just blew us away. Um, just the type of player he is, but also the type of just young man he is coming out of the Nashville area. And now it looks like LSU is very much the team to beat after he had a similar type of performance to Jermaine Matthews from last summer. Yeah. I mean, this is a kid who came in and over the past week prior to working out at LSU, he had gone from a guy who was looking at NC State and teams like that to picking up LSU, Bama, and Georgia offers in the span of like a handful of days. So your recruitment just skyrocket. You don't get offers that are bigger than that, let's be real, right? So like those are um, – that will take your recruitment to a whole new level. And a lot of kids will say, okay, I want to drag things out. I want to, you know, maybe look at more schools in the fall, all of this. He turned around fresh off an LSU visit and picking up those offers and said, all right, I'm ready to make an, an announcement. I'm going to announce on Friday. That would be 13, 14, the 16th. He'll announce Friday morning on June 16th. If it goes LSU's way, I've heard buzz that he'll even be then in town for an official visit uh, immediately after that decision. So whether it's the job, whether you want to circle the job done by the staff to identify him, whether it's a job done by the staff to get him in and work out, or whether, and I think largely on Evans to come in here and run a sub four five. His measurements were off the charts for a corner. He looked great during one on ones and seven on seven drills. And then, as you mentioned, great kid. He's got a great supporting cast around him. These are the type of guys Brian Kelly wants to bring into this program. And I know everybody thought when Brian Kelly got hired and he did the great, he's graduate champions. And these are the kind of guys that I want to recruit. You can recruit high character guys that are also really good football players. And LSU's finding that out right now by circling guys like this. I, When I look at what could happen this week, popping a Joel Rogers, popping a Kylan Bilio, and then potentially to end the week as well, popping an Andre Evans, their class gets so much better over the span of five days. And we on three has Evans as a top 100 prospect, one of the top 10 or 12 corners in the country. He's a stock rising guy. I'm sure the rest of the recruiting industry rankings will catch up eventually. But boy, everyone we've talked to at LSU loves him. Everyone we've talked to on the Evans side loved what they saw from Brian Kelly's program. Robert Steeples, the corners coach. This seems like a really good match for them. We think they get it done. He shuts it down and then there will be no more drama. And I've talked about this for more than two years. LSU was working with a multi-year rebuild at corner, and it wasn't some bold prediction. That was the reality of it. They returned LaTerrence Welsh is the only corner on the team who was on the team a year ago. Like, there was nobody. And after that, they signed, what, two high school kids the year prior? One of them was Jalen Davis Robinson, who's already left. So, like, 
they had to go heavy on the portal in Brian Kelly's first year. And we saw it worked out for him. They took Jarek Bernard Converse and Makai Garner and all those guys. They had to go heavy on the transfer portal again. They had to go get Denver Harris and J.K. Johnson and Deuce Chestnut and um, whom up Southeastern, uh, Zy Alexander, four corners right there just to get you through another year. You got to stop taking that approach at some point. You have to get back to high school recruiting and developing them. Now they're on that track. If you can drop a domino like Andre Evans, who ultimately will be one of the best corners in this class, it is a great foundation for to move forward with Akai Bates, a Wardell Mack, some other guys who are out there. They've got Jawan Johnson already committed uh, inside the state. So I really, really like where they're at right now. I know they've got what, who else at corner? Um, Wallace. Zion Ferguson. I don't know if he sticks. Wallace Foster, obviously Louisiana guy, more of a nickel for me. Uh, but I absolutely love the direction that corner and safety are trending towards. Those were two positions they had to fill up on, and it did not need to rely on transfers anymore for the bulk of it. It had to be back to high school kids, and that's what Brian Kelly and the staff are doing right now. Yeah, uh, I, I think the start to June couldn't have really gone too much better uh, for, for LSU so far. So we'll we'll continue to track it. We're going to have – Full uh, rundown uh, later in the week on how things went with four-star defensive lineman Alex January, who's on an official visit, wrapping up kind of as we're recording this podcast. We'll also preview this big official visit weekend, multiple prospects hitting town. So we'll do that later in the week. But first, we've got to talk to you guys about our friends at Rogue Shop. RogueShop.com. You can use promo code BENGLETIGER for 10% off your order. Um, we talked about them. Last week, Shay and just Richard and Char, the husband and wife uh, and a veteran-owned business here uh, that produce small craft. Uh, it's a small craft cannabis shop um, with their CBD, um, THC, and more products that you can use. And if you have trouble sleeping, if you have anxiety, um, pain, all of those things, look, this is the way to go. I know um, last week, I mean, it was one of those busy weeks and uh, tough on us, you know, being out there too. And so... Uh, Rogue Shop helped us uh, get a good night's sleep and uh, lock in for those big camp days uh, that we're used to in South Louisiana. Yeah, again, these guys have been, Char and everyone over there have been great to us. I think we, you look at how much feedback the board has already given for those of y'all that are members. A um, lot of people have jumped on board using the promo code, tried out a number of different things. I mean, they. I even mentioned the uh, different tinctures that I've been giving my dogs, which kind of helps with one with its bad back, others just sleeping and everything like that. So they have been awesome to us. We've been very happy that they've been the title sponsor here on the podcast. We'll keep rocking with them uh, through the summer, obviously, and into the fall. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, do it. Rogueshop.com. Just go on the website and look around. They've got a million things to choose from. Shipping is very quick. It'll be in your mailbox in no time. Um, and it doesn't hurt to just kind of go and, and give a look around, let Jump into the chat. As we always say with Char, she'll be right there. It'll pop up for you. You can kind of tell her what uh, you're looking for, what you're kind of going through ailment-wise or concern-wise, and they'll answer all your questions. So um, we do a lot of projecting with our commitments, Billy, and who we think they'll get. Uh, Char and them are more straight to the point. They always have the right answer. So, yeah, give them a try, rogueshop.com, promo code BINGLETIGER. Yep, check them out. And uh, if you get stressed during recruiting too, you can uh, lean on them as well. Yes, please. Uh, yeah. Don't melt on the board. Just yeah. go to rogueshop.com and calm down. 
So we appreciate them. But um, the back half of this podcast, Shay, uh, we do know of two more decision dates, guys that um, one has taken an official visit to LSU. One doesn't have one lined up, but was on campus this past weekend. So we wanted to note them as well um, to kind of look ahead because look, LSU is getting hot in recruiting. And these are two guys that with decision dates set, they're squarely on the radar here for LSU. And one being Peach State offensive lineman, Marcus Moskal. We've talked about him. Florida and um, NC State are also in the mix for him. But as soon as he gets back from his last official visit on June 19th, he's making his decision. And we really like where LSU stands. Yeah, we do. Brad Davis has, has done a very, very good job of putting together with help from other coaches and staff, obviously, but um, kind of spearheading this O-line recruitment over the recent cycles. And he was a holdover from the Orgeron era, obviously. He was the interim head coach for that Texas Bowl game. He's a guy that a lot of players gravitate towards. And I think he did a good job of getting in early on Mascal before Florida did. Uh, at the time, it was kind of like Georgia Tech, NC State was flirting around. LSU sort of broke the glass ceiling for him in terms of SEC high-level offers. And since then, they've gotten him with campus multiple times. They got the summer official visit out of him. And this is what you want. People have talked about this. If you're going to do a summer official visit, sometimes you're risking it if a kid's not going to announce anything till December because then you sort of lose the momentum you had in June, right? But if you're getting him in in June and he's announcing a week later, two weeks later, after he makes all these wave of visits back to back, well, then it can pay off for you. I think it's going to pay off this time. So circle the date, June 19th, next Monday. That's when he's going to announce after that NC State visit. Barring some late surprise, we fully expect this one's going to go LSU's way um, again, just because of the work done by the whole staff. And that would give them two commitments on the offensive line. Another one that's tough to project where it's going to go. Ultimately, they've got Kyrie Lee and Marcus Mescal committed. But boy, Billy, they've got, and we'll be tracking this, they've got a number of big visitors, a number of big visitors coming up here officially this weekend, the next weekend. I think there's only two weekends left you can visit, two or three maybe, but yep. uh, then we'll hit a dead period. This is going to be a very intriguing, interesting time for LSU's O-line recruiting because a lot of the names atop their wish list are about to visit and then maybe announce and beyond just mask all. And then if those guys go elsewhere, you see different names pop up that we've talked about and they get offers and maybe then they commit right away. So I think in the next month, we'll have a very good feel for where this O-line class is going to go. Yeah. And I will say uh, this month, just looking at the prospects will be a really good test for the whole wanting the last official visit versus just hosting them when you can host them kind of kind of thing. So uh, I'm intrigued to kind of run some numbers once we get the postmortem on that as well, because Mascot would be a guy that, you know, they would have hosted first um, in his line of official visits. And um, if they get him, that's just, you know, another feather in the cap for Brad Davis as far as how he was able to set that one up. One prospect that I mentioned is not going to officially visit, uh, but he was on campus. He's headed to USC for an official visit this Coming weekend, then heads to Texas A&M unofficially. He's also gone to Miami officially to kick off his month of June. And that's top 100 wide receiver Draylon Miller. I chatted with him at length. He's out of Silsby, Texas, which somebody on the board uh, did the uh, the math on uh, the, the time uh, from Silsby to Baton Rouge and College Station. And it's a four-minute difference, uh, according to the maps uh, that they uh, – 
checked out. And this one does feel like an LSU A&M battle shaping up with two dark horses kind of in the mix. Um, but what an awesome kid. He's going to uh, announce on June 29th and honor his late teammate, Jace Jones, who passed away in May 2022 um, from brain cancer. Uh, just a young, young life, just taken far too early. But uh, he's going to announce on his birthday in Silsby um, in what you know could be uh, a special day for LSU if they get him, but certainly a special moment for him as well. All right. So what's your gut telling you here? Because you've really followed Draylon's recruitment close, and I've never seen you back off of saying LSU A&M, maybe lean to A&M, but we know of some connection. Cortez Hankton loves him. And I guess you know the exact the, – what is his dad – played at Texas Southern with Cortez? Yeah, so his dad played basketball at Texas Southern at the same time that uh, Cortez Hankton was there, which is an intriguing tie. I mean, and look, you kind of look ahead to another receiver, Burdell Richardson, his high school coach, played with Cortez when he was with the Bucks. So you have two receivers, and this is what makes it difficult. You have two receivers that we see this tie, and we see how many times LSU's gotten him on campus – but in Draylon's case, especially, he's also been to AM a ton. He's sometimes gone to LSU first and then gone to AM after, or AM before and then LSU after. But they've kind of been like neck and neck as far as these visits go. And the most intriguing part of all this, honestly, is that he's not officially visiting both. So he could save an official visit for both schools in the fall, and this battle could go on past the commitment date. He could just end up officially visiting wherever he decides on in the fall for a game or in December to do some recruiting. And you and I talked about this one for probably 20, 30 minutes this morning, man, Cortez Hankton is very high on him and is personally leading the recruitment on LSU's end. But on the flip side, Jimbo Fisher is making Draylon Miller a huge priority and is leading the recruitment personally on that end. So man, I mean, this one, I call it a toss up, but I almost feel like if, and this is just sometimes how recruiting is, and and I think Draylon and his camp are doing a good job of really keeping the suspense up on this one. Um, with those ties with Cortez Hankton, I I kind of go to, I think we would hear less about A&M and more about LSU nationally as we kind of ask around on this one. If, if it and there's still time, but if it was going to go that way, does that make sense at all? Like they, they have the ties, they have the connection there and it makes a ton of sense because of that for him to end up at LSU. But at the flip side, A&M is very much in the picture. They're getting that last visit, so to speak, even though it times out around the seven on seven tournament for, for Texas, but it's just a hard one to call. And I think both schools are being given good signs too. No, I do. I think I, I'm not sure Draylon knows yet exactly what yeah. he wants to do. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I completely agree. I mean, the good thing is, was he's not announcing tonight. He's got uh, 27, uh, no, uh, 17 more days before he makes that decision. Um, so that is one we're going to be we're going to be tracking a lot longer um, in terms of uh, you know the next three weeks, two weeks or so leading up to that decision. So that is kind of it on the 2024 prospects that we kind of wanted to run down for you guys, but we want to take a brief moment and just, I think Shay, we, we need an appreciation of 
what the state of Louisiana has coming down the pipeline. And look, we've talked about some 2025 prospects. Devin Harper from Captain Shreve, the four-star lineman, offensive lineman was on campus for camp and performed well. Brett Bordelon uh, played well in camp as well. And then James Simon, the four-star running back, uh, really in a setting that, you know, it doesn't really lend uh, itself to a running back. But in seven-on-seven, seven, he was able to catch the ball really well. But I think we need an appreciation segment for how good Jakeem Stewart is. Boy, I mean, this is a kid. This is like a Dylan Moses type. He's a D lineman, though, but he was picking up like every offer in the country when he was in middle school, long before he had even played, even now, high school football. Yeah. We, but it was like he was like a really just big kid, almost like a baby. He hadn't lost any of that baby fat. When we saw him at camp this summer, he looked like a completely different person. He is shed weight, toned up. Looks like a guy who's already on LSU's team. Like that's what type of body he has as a ninth grader. So one to watch out of the New Orleans area, of course, one to watch nationally. But Frank Wilson did not leave his side. Uh, and shout out Edge, Edge Assassins, who's trained him and a lot of guys up in that area for a long time. Those guys spent a lot of time around each other. For me, LSU's pushing all the right buttons behind the scenes for this one to be trending in their direction. And I think, and I think this is an ultimate goal for Frank Wilson and this staff. And, and I mentioned Frank first, because I think he's going to spearhead this Louisiana effort. If LSU locks down Louisiana in 2024, which they're well on their way to doing, they then lock down Louisiana in 2025, which they've got a very nice head start on. We're starting to see a lot of prospects emerge in 2026 that are going to be very much national names. Jakeem Stewart, Another D lineman or O lineman, however you want to slice it, Lamar Brown out of U High. These guys see that. And if they see everybody in front of them in the years ahead of them, whether it's at their schools, you know, they go to St. Aug and U High, two of the biggest schools that LSU is recruiting uh, and gets kids from annually or at least uh, every few years, but also their friends, guys from the area, guys from New Orleans, guys from Baton Rouge, guys from around the state. If they see those guys going to LSU, it only makes LSU's pitch to get them easier. So as we move forward through the portal era, just through these first years of the Brian Kelly era, it's clear to me that they are valuing Louisiana in a way it needs to be, which is very, very high. And if you do that, you're setting yourself up each year for more guys in that next class to get on board. That's why I like what they're doing right now. And that's why I start to feel better and better about the future when I see them getting Jakeem Stewart and Lamar Brown and all these 2026 prospects who you say, hey, they're freshmen in high school. I mean, they're so far from signing day. Yes, but they're not over at every other campus every weekend. They're at LSU. They're hanging out with LSU's coaches. They're hanging out with LSU's current players and the commits and the guys they're pushing for. So I think this summer camp season so far could not have been any better for LSU. They are definitely getting all the right guys onto campus to be able to lay that foundation, Billy, that we talk about to where you're not ever playing catch up. You're the team out front. Yeah. Uh, and Jakeem Stewart is a, is a great kid. Got to meet Jimmy Lindsay for the first time. And, and, you know, the, that part of the relationship building is, is now ongoing. Um, he can't, you know, hear from colleges. So this time on campus is really, really important for LSU. So um, he was dominant. I mean, he just looks the part. We talk about Dominic McKinley a lot, but he looks like, um, a top five uh, player in the country. I mean, truly, he's got that type of upside. So busy time of month. Uh, Shay, you are going out to Joel Rogers' announcement right now. So we are going to let you go and end this podcast. 
and we will have much more coverage from Joel Rogers. Commitment ceremony, Monday night, 5.30 p.m. Central. So thanks for listening to this edition of the podcast. We'll be back. Plenty more coverage to come on the Bengaltiger.com. Don't miss out. A dollar for three months or 50 bucks for the year and get your free Founders Club hat as well. So thanks for listening to this podcast. Keep hitting the subscribe button to our YouTube channel and get us to 4,000 subscribers on that front. We appreciate everybody who's been on the board with us as well. Uh, tracking it all. It's a busy time of year. So for Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.